This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Homestead Radio. My name is Chris Hambing and tonight I'm your host as we look back at a 4-1 defeat for Palace at the Emirates to Arsene Wenger's Arsenal. Uh, we wanna, I'll introduce you to the panel in just a moment, but uh, we also want to hear from you tonight. Go to holradio.net forward slash contact to find out all the ways to get in touch with the show tonight. We'll be back after this short message. reasons to hate brighton homophobia homophobia doesn't need to be one of them follow us on twitter at proud and palace right it is time to introduce the panel um with me today i have mr nicholas gillard you all right yeah not too bad mate my mic's a bit choppy today i'm a bit worried about my internet connection but other than that i'm all right you yeah i've been better i've been worse average i don't like this losing lark it's no, stock, isn't it? no, no, exactly. It's uh, it's not right. Anyway, we've also got Jack Watson. Hello, hello, Jack. Uh, you know, long time no speak. What have you been up to? Been on, I've been on a podcast sabbatical, so I've been up to. Um, yeah. Just going, going away, collecting my thoughts. Now I'm back. I'd like to liken it to when Zaha left Palace and then came back. That's what <laughs> I've been up to. So, are you likening like the Croydon ad to Manchester United? Yes. Exactly <laughs> yep. You have done that, haven't you? I've noticed that there. <laughs> uh, we're also joined for actually the second time, isn't it? It's Elliot Hutchins. Hello, Elliot. Silence. Hello, Elliot. Oh, this is disappointing. I mean, he's there, physically there. I can see him, but he's gone again. Anyway, Elliot will be joining us at some point uh, a little bit later on. Uh, to contribute to the show, but he's also got something to talk about us, which is quite a serious uh, subject, but I'll let Elliot do that justice in just a moment. He's popped back. Elliot, you there? Hi. Hi. Sorry. Rubbish connection. How are you doing? Oh, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I believe, believe me, mate. I know that feeling. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm in the frozen um, north where we, we have two megabit internet. Yay. <laughs> that's fine. You have to just get the whippets working that little bit harder <laughs> on the wheel outside. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we'll be talking to uh, Elliot uh, a 
about uh, like I say about a bit of a somber topic, but one we want to raise a bit of awareness of in just a moment. But before we do, spend a little bit of time with a quick transfer roundup. Um, obviously, we are going to get into the review, the defeat against Arsenal uh, in our usual style, but I want to cover a couple of bits first. So, uh, gents, we've had um, a fair bit in the press of late. What so many different names have been linked with, but it looks like uh, at least a couple of those names. Uh, uh, nearing completion, if you believe what's been written in the papers. So, uh, one is uh, a cent- Polish central defender called Yaroslav, uh, I believe it's pronounced Joch, um, but you never know. Uh, I'll ask my Polish mate at work <laughs> and find out exactly. But uh, he's a, a young centre back, I believe 22 years old, plays in, in the Polish league. Uh, again, not someone we would have heard of, but if you're looking for our scouts to unearth a, a gem, maybe they've done that in this case. So, um, but uh, obviously a centre-back. So I'll just uh, run around. Obviously, guys, probably like me, none of you have seen him play, I'd imagine. But, you know, we're talking about a uh, you know, a, a seemingly quite highly rated young Polish player who's, uh, I think he has made an international appearance or or two. Um, is that the kind of signing you want to see, Nick? If he's any good, he'll do me. That's all I'm worried <laughs> about. It's funny to see us... Going off for another centre-back, though, considering how much moaning we were doing before. But we have to now, don't we? Well, the injuries have, have put the cat amongst the pigeons completely, haven't they? I think we've gone from looking for three or four players to needing about 12. Yeah. So, we'd have yeah, to see, well, won't we? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, Jack, I mean, I suppose it probably represents a, a signing that won't break the bank. You know, if we're going to try and buy a player to go straight into a Premier League first team, you know, a guarantee readiness. We're going to have to spend an awful lot of money, but just sort of take that little bit of a risk off. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little more refreshing as well. Use, actually, using our scouting network to try and unearth you know, a player who, who could potentially be quite good for us instead of going for the usual usual suspects in the Premier League and you know having that inflated that and that inflated price for him. So, you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting one to see you know how this turns out and whether it will be a success or a flop. And, uh, I'm assuming, Elliot, you've never seen the guy play, but inspired no. or uh, apprehensive? Oh. Well, I, I, well, we obviously need centre back cover. Um, I work with a Polish guy who always talks about Polish footballers and tells me how hard they are and oh, we love the Polish. So, um, and what is he? How, how much are we getting him for? Three million euros? Is it? I read. Something that's like that's that. the rumor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's. I think you know. I'm quietly. I'm confident in our. Um, scouting team, so yeah, I'm you know, quietly confident about it. I hope. Yeah, I do find it funny. I was saying before the show, if you start to read the the message boards, uh, you know, on some of the sort of bigger names, you've got a lot of moaning about us going after the same old players and not using a scouting network. And then you have a look on the the thread for this guy. There's a lot of complaints about us buying unknown players. <laughs> you know, untried I mean... players. It's like, no, you you can't win. Adam. You know, one thing I've learned in the uh, eight years or so we've been doing this show is it's impossible to argue anything from yeah. any angle. It really is. Yeah. Uh, but um, the other the other player we're, we're linked very strongly with signing, and in some papers it's actually reported as done, is a Swedish midfielder called Erdl Rakip. Uh, again, a player I know absolutely zero about. But weirdly, he's, uh, he was in his sort of final year of his contract with Malmo. Signed for Benfica and is apparently being loaned directly to us. Uh, so, a bit of a mystery that one. Sorry, someone was talking there. Go ahead. Sorry, it's, it's me. It's, I was saying how strange. Wasn't he being used as part of a deal with the Swedish goalkeeper? Didn't I read something about that? 
Again, you, you know more than I do if that's the case. It's, it's, a, it's a very, very odd one for me. Uh, whether, I don't know, you, you know, obviously some sort of a deal has been been looked at there. Maybe it's someone we were after, Benfica got in there first, or maybe we've used Benfica to, to sign him for, you know, because because we're a Premier League club, maybe the money would have been greater for us if we didn't use them as a middleman, or maybe, just maybe we're being used as a feeder club for Benfica. So who actually knows what's going on there? But he's... Uh, you know, he's, he's, I believe he can play sort of central and and out wide. He's only 21 years old, uh, apparently of Macedonian heritage. Um, and obviously, there's connection to Roy Hodgson as he once managed Malmo uh, Football Club in Sweden. So maybe there's a link there, but very, very interesting. Uh, but again, not one I've ever heard of, so hard to judge. I've never heard of him. <laughs> Jack, anything? <laughs> It just strikes with a very January transfer window transfer, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> but we've got absolutely no idea who he is, what he's like, how much we're coming for, what he'll do. But yeah, we'll take it. But then who, who want... knew about Luka Milivojevic before he came to us? Exactly. exactly. Yeah, there's some of, the, some of these work and, you know, some of our best players have come uh, in the January transfer window. Um, yeah, sure. You know, this could be another one. Dougie can pull off a decent transfer. So. Well, yeah, we certainly expect that. And one of one of the things that obviously immediately I I thought of, well, there's two things really. First of all, given the age, there's a chance that he wouldn't have to, um, you know, be named in the 25. So, because the other thing perhaps is it, it shows just how far Loftus Cheek is from being out of play, and we've we've seen that he needs an operation and may not play again this season. Nick. Yeah, I mean it's it's a shame that we had goodbye go off yesterday because it. it where our focus was on strikers before, we've got just as much of this focus on midfield. And I, looking round, I can't see anybody available that that would float my boat in midfield around the Premier League anyway, or even the champion, uh, champ, Championship. What's it called nowadays? Yeah. That is it, yeah. Still the Championship, mate. <laughs> You're they, right. They change it every other year. Um, the, the only thing I can think of is strikers, really, is I think we should have a punt on somebody like Danny Ings. Well, yeah, that's been discussed before, but you know whether you know you. If you're looking for someone to make an impact straight away, you, you've really. I think we've learned our lesson from from the past and signing Aruna Dindan. You don't really want to play uh, pick a player who hasn't played uh, any actual football because we haven't really got the time for them to get up to speed. But uh, we'll see what goes on there. Obviously, a couple of you know, Roy Hodgson's talking about needing a minimum of four. Looks like two on the way there, so we'll uh, we'll see what happens in the. Next week or so uh, before deadline day, where I'm sure we're going to have some. Well, they'll certainly be trying to do some business on deadline day again. I'm absolutely positive of that. Anyway, Elliot, uh, time for us to, uh, to have a little chat. I haven't really told the listeners what it was, okay. uh, but um, I'll give you a little intro, intro now. So, Elliot, you did a. Well, featured in a video for Copa 90, who are a sort of football website. Uh, social media presence who do a lot of uh, videos and articles all that kind of stuff yeah. they were looking at uh, the issue of of well male suicide which again you know obviously it's a a bleak subject but one that um, you know i think through your your efforts in on in, in getting involved you've sort of opened your eyes and perhaps you know given you a, a chance to open other people's eyes to just how common this is definitely definitely um so yeah i th- Think ah so I got um uh, I saw a message on Twitter actually um was it one of the um bloggers uh, CPFC HQ or oh, I can't remember I can't remember Red and Blue Army it might have been what, but they put a message out saying oh we're looking for people that knew DJ Hardline who was a member of Holmesdale um 
back in the uh, sort of early to mid 2000s and uh, obviously I knew him there's I I say there was a few others quite a few others who knew him as well and um so I got in touch with them they said oh, do you want to tell your story um so they came over to Leeds a couple of weeks ago to film me and yeah and uh just is the idea was just to get the story out really and it's about raising awareness um that that suicide is the biggest killer of men under the age of 45 in the UK um which is just you know you think about heart disease you think any anything else um but it's suicide it's, it's that's that's stunning absolutely stunning to hear you said that you know, they pre-showed it's one of those things where, you know you say it but until you actually stop and think about what that means yeah. that's that's an incredible thing you know and obviously i, I knew the guy you're you're referring to as well again purely from an online presence ne- never met the bloke never mm-hmm. never spoken to him and obviously you'll make it clear we've you know neither you or i have ever spoken to his family or we don't nope. know how they feel or anything like that but nope. you know you had a similar experience to, to mine in that all of a sudden you hear that this guy's you know you see the guy hasn't posted for for a while on the message yeah. boards and, and someone pops up and says you know unfortunately he's he's passed away and it and it and it turns out he's taken his own life and it even though you don't know the person directly you know you have had this sort of you know some degree of a, of a relationship with that person um, yeah, you know nothing. You know nothing about their life away from Palace or anything like that. And all of a sudden, it's you know. Yeah. But it's but it's still a very real experience to see them, obviously, get into a position where they do take their life. Absolutely, and you. But part of the um, the objective, really, of this, I suppose, it's you could call it a campaign. It was more than just about the video, but is it's getting men to open up and talk, um, talk about how they're feeling, because. Uh, um, you go to the football, you know, you'll go to the pub before, you'll go to the pub after. Uh, you'll talk about the football. You'll talk about, you know, our work or you'll talk about sport or you'll talk about anything but your feelings. Um, that I know I understand that a lot of men feel uncomfortable talking about that. Um, there's some, maybe possibly some stigma around it. But, you know, if just by watching the video or, you know, reading the help that's out there or, by you know listening to, to to you know this campaign it helps one person think okay i'll i'll speak to someone or i'll contact matry who i'll tell you about in a minute um then and it gets them to talk about it and you know helps them to get out of this black hole then it's you know it's a success just by saving one life because i've got some stats here which i've actually just looked up tonight that in in 2016 there were just under 6,000 suicides in the UK. That's 16 a day. Wow. Um, and the biggest the biggest age gap, um, well, the biggest age gap, gender age gap, should I say, was males aged uh, 40 to 44. That's 15.3 people per... Uh, sorry, no, it's not. I've got it wrong. 24.1 people per 100,000, which is a lot. That is, yeah, truly horrific. And as someone who's rapidly approaching that age, uh, again, a little bit, a little bit of a, a, an eye opener. I mean, yeah. from, from from my perspective, and obviously, you know, I'll give you a chance to sort of round this off by, mm-hmm. you know, giving a bit of contact, you know, the contact information yeah. that you've found and what people can do. You know, from a personal perspective, and I, I'll, I'll go around the guys as well and see if they've got anything that they want to share. But you know, I, I luckily I'm, I'm not someone who's ever, you know, had those kind of thoughts or what have you, but. 
you know, I think it's important that people understand that there is a difference between someone who is down and upset about an incident or an event mm-hmm. and someone who is clinically depressed and someone who is, you know, struggling with, with a mental illness, you know. And, you know, it, it's not all-encompassing. You don't have to be mentally ill to take your life. You can. It can be for a series of, of bad events that leave you feeling despair. But generally speaking, it is something that you're not just going to be able to shake off. And I think every... You know, every guy listening to this will probably, you know, have be able to relate that to that as a comment. I'll just shake it off, you know, be a man, move on, that kind of stuff. And I think that's exactly put yourself together. And you know what? Sometimes you can't. That's sometimes you need help. Worst thing you can say. That is absolutely the worst thing you can say to anybody because it just completely dismisses what they're going through. They they need a bit of empathy. Not what, not what can I do, anything I can help with, not, oh, go on, sort yourself out, man up. That's that's totally the wrong way to go about it. Another another one I've heard is, oh, go and get some pills. They'll sort it out. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. just, that's just not the right answer. <laughs> for, for some people, they, they genuinely might need medication. Uh, one place oh, yeah. I, I'll, I'll direct you to is, uh, if you check out our, our backlog of podcasts, um, a couple of years back I interviewed Leon McKenzie when he'd... Uh, just released his book called My Fight With Life. It's a, you know, a book I just own and, and it's a fantastic read and I'd encourage people to read it. And it is about Leon's fight with uh, with depression and, you know, an incident where, you know, I don't want to make light of it because he was playing for Charlton at the time because, you know, we'd all feel despair if that was the case. But unfortunately, he had some genuine real problems, um, you know, dealing with, you know, his daily life and, fact he sort of fell out fell out of love with football and all this kind of stuff he just could not cope and there's a very very stark in the report of him being in a hotel room and calling people to tell them goodbye basically and, and to, to take his life and luckily he was uh he was saved from that situation you know and, and was gone on to be a, a boxer and you know and, and now he's sort of inspiring others so you know, I, I don't Coast, Coast to that. ninety have made a video about his story as well. Actually, um, I think if you look on their YouTube channel, it might even be the pinned video. But I've definitely seen they've made a video about Leon McKenzie as well. Sorry, I was still on mute there, Jack. Of um, anything you want to make a comment on on that? Yeah, no, some some serious and really good points there. But you know, if you're, you know, if if you're not suffering that, and you're kind of thinking, well, you know, what can I do? It's just just talk to people. You know, you never know how someone's feeling. Like a little. You know, hello, how are you? How's it going? To like a stranger or someone who looks a bit, a bit lost or a bit lonely when you see them around, like you might be waiting at, you know, at a platform or a train station or something. Just have a couple of conversations with a stranger. It could really make someone's day and make a big difference in their life. Absolutely right. Uh, unless it's me after Palace have lost and then just leave me alone. Yeah, don't go near. Yeah. yeah, really, honestly, I'm not worth talking to. Um, so, uh, Elliot, just uh, if you could, yeah round this off by letting people know where they can see the video and, and, and other yeah. uh, resources. So- so the, so the video was uploaded to YouTube and Facebook, as far as I know. Um, you can just search COPA, C-O-P-A 90. Um, you, you can probably add the words depression or suicide to that search as well. And the video should pop up or you can search through the Twitter feed. It's on there as well. Um, but the, the COPA 90 obviously produced the video, but it was made in conjunction. Um, they are based in Finsbury Park in London. They're a sanctuary for the suicidal, and as far as I, I, I can tell, they're the only one of their kind in the UK. Um, 
So, yeah, it, they kind of um, they fill a gap between the NHS helplines, drop-in centres. Um, they offer a four-night, five-day stay, um, the opportunity to be befriended, heard in complete confidence, without judgment, compassion and warmth as well. Um, and you can visit their website to see them on www.maytree.org.uk. Um, you can call them. So if you really, if you just want someone to talk to, um, if if you're feeling in such a black hole, you feel alone, you've got you've got no one. Um, you can call them. Um, I think I think it's a twenty four hour hotline, um, but it's o two o seven two six three seven zero seven zero. You've also uh, got the Samaritans as well, um, which is a one one six one two three number, and obviously they are twenty four hours as well. Um, but the message is, you, 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 no matter how you feel, you are not alone. Just talk. Brilliant. Thanks, Elliot. And I hope people don't mind us taking a bit of time to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's you know something that a lot of people won't, won't have thought about or won't, won't you know won't have talked about previously. Just want to encourage a little bit of awareness. And obviously, thank you to Elliot for for bringing that to our attention. And uh, obviously, he'll be joining us for the rest of the show as well to talk about. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. An event that's hardly going to cheer us up, but it was Arsenal 4 and Palace 1. So uh, let's get right into the analysis of that. Um, like I say, as much as it's hard to motivate myself yeah. to do so. But, uh, so we'll start, we'll start with the, uh, the line-up and uh, the tactics. And I want to get straight into talking about what I consider to be the major error of the day, the tactical selection from Roy. Has can't do too much with the lineup. Okay, So obviously... You know, Hennessy in goal, Kelly and Tompkins, centre-backs and full-backs, Fosu Mensah and Patrick Van Arnholt picks itself because of the situation that we're in. Excuse me. <laughs> Burping, I was nearly sick in my mouth there. <clears throat> <laughs> That's just the Ooh, result. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I think it was... Uh, no, I won't say that. <laughs> I was going to say something really bad about Wayne Hennessy there, but I stopped myself. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, I'll save that for a minute. <laughs> um, so anyway, look, there's a there's a back four there that, that picks itself. There's no real other options there. Okay, so fair enough, no problem with that. But uh, when we get into the midfield, that's where we have an issue because we've gone into the game the same way we went into the Burnley game. You know, Sako and uh, Benteke linked up brilliantly. Yeah. You know, Zaha was was great out wide, and Macarthur did a really good job in a sort of wide midfield position. However, we all know Arsenal play through the centre, or they play short passing, they overload in the full-back areas, you know, I, I, I just thought it was very, very obvious that, you know, they were going to look to overload us in the midfield. And that's exactly what they did from, from minute one. So, for me, we got that extremely wrong and we saw a, a very, very different performance from the exact same team uh, against Burnley. So, I've kind of given it a summary there. Um, but I do, I do want to get, uh, get your views on it before I get into any more detail of that. So, I'll start with you, Nick. Um... It was poor, wasn't it? Um, we, we couldn't have played a different team, really. I, there were talks about Wall being back, being fit, but there's no way he could have started um, straight in against Arsenal. I'm just wondering about their attitude before. Um, we, we've been on an excellent run, absolutely excellent run. In fact, the only team that's beaten us is Arsenal. And I think we we almost had ideas above our station because I thought we, we, we had confidence that we were going to get a draw at least out of that game simply because Arsenal had been crap against Bournemouth. We'd been brilliant against City. But but we just didn't turn up. And there was something completely missing. Now, I don't know whether that's 
Um, you're right about the way we set up, but why didn't Roy change it quickly? Yes, well, that's that's the uh, question, Nick. Yeah. yeah. And, right. and secondly, was was the captain inexperienced to actually g us up again? Well, I think you know what you've said there is you know is it's very agreeable, but I think it's not just. I would have called it a degree of overconfidence, but not just really with the players. I would say again, I would go back to the management and the coaching staff. I think they've, I think they've just shown a degree of overconfidence to go away to Arsenal and set up the way we did. Now it's not, uh, you know, it's not a glaring error because you, do, you you can look at the fact we played a four four two ish and say that keeping those pl- the players out wide you know, was partly to deal with the, the full-back overlapping situation because if you play a narrow three in midfield, you do open yourselves out to, you know, to, to, to the wide areas. And funnily enough, it is the wide areas that Arsenal exploited very, very early on. But, you know, if you make that a 4-5-1 and a 4-3-3 when you attack like we did later on, just to make the point where we did make that change, Arsenal never scored another goal, uh, I just think it just it smacked of a, you know, almost like a, an elementary mistake. Uh, what, what did you make of it, Elliot? Though, that opening phase of play where we, you know, just blown away by Arsenal. Um, well, to be honest with you, obviously I I live in Leeds. I, there was no way I was able to go, but <laughs> no, following it on on Soccer Saturday, I sort of I you, you watch it and you go one down. And, all right, it's Arsenal, and then I look up and it's two, and then it's three. I'm going, what the hell's going on? And um, I, I've you know, obviously I've watched the goal since. And th- that fourth goal is just the little tippy tappy play that they did was just typical of Arsenal. Um, and we knew that we knew they were going to play like that. Like you said, um, I think Hennessy should have done better with that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, personally. Yeah. Um, but the other goals were, like you say, they were just out out wide. They exploited the flanks, cut it. I have, and I have the, the least amount of problem I have with the fourth goal. It's yeah. a very good move. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, it was a, it was a, there were a few great passes there. I mean, this is Arsenal, isn't it? So they always do this to us, don't they? So Jack, you uh, you, you know, obviously, you've heard what we've had to say uh, in terms of the setup. Was it something that you? Would have kind of predicted looking at the, the, the lineup, or did you think we got a bit of benefit of hindsight going on here? Um, well, you, you, well, we said we know Arsenal would like to attack the flanks, and for me, what did it was the space that Arsenal found between Palace's midfield and the defence. Where I, I was sat on the halfway line in inside in the Palace's half of the first half, so I could see along the pitch and where Palace were defending their four, back four and their midfield, and the amount of times that Wilshire, Ozil, and even Granite Jacker was made to look good, got in between those two lines, put the ball up wide, and it came in. It was was quite shocking. So Luka Milovic and Kabai didn't do a great job defending those areas. Um, so you know, I wonder you know, whether starting Joe Reedwell to sort of patrol that area might have done a bit better. Um, it's just another, another way of thinking about that lineup. Well, it's yeah, interesting you bring that. Obviously, it was the it was the one change that we did make was to bring Kabai back in for Riedervald. Obviously, wouldn't have raised too many eyebrows back in the past, but after the way we started the game, obviously the fact that Kabai goes off injured late on, you know, it raises all sorts of questions. Really, uh, I was and again, I, I wouldn't have expected it to be that much of an issue had we not. You know, I just I just expected something to be done quicker because looking at the way we were blitzed by Arsenal, and we'll get into the 
the actual ins and outs of those goals very shortly as much as I really don't want to. But um, I, ju- I just felt, you know, again, go back to what Nick was saying about attitude and about commitment to it. I don't think there was anything wrong with, you know, I think nothing particularly wrong that would make you think we go forward or down. Um, but I think I would sum it up when you look, and, and I hate to do it because I'm going to pick on Wayne Hennessy again. Um, oh, but you, what's you? Yeah, I know. But I'm going to do it, and, and I'm going to do it because I feel vindicated by uh, by Chris Kamara on goals on Sunday. Pick it out, picking it out as well. So last week we we gave Wayne a lot of praise because he deserved it. And you know what? And I will say again, he's made a, 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 a number of decent saves against Arsenal as well. Um, but last week we talked so much about how great it was to see him come out, command his area, and it was just gone. Absolutely gone. That, that's it's always not, happening. Yeah. That's, we, we, we praise him and praise him, and then he turns to crap again. And so right, right at the end of last week's show, when I, I think it was one of our regular uh, contributors, uh, Jedi, who got in touch and said, um, you know, Benteke is kind of immune to criticism from us, but Wayne Hennessy gets it. And I made the point that, you know, Benteke has produced consistent quality in the past, and that's why he gets. Uh, degree of a let off and I think that the consistency is the one thing that Wayne's never produced and we're back there again uh, and it was disappointing because if he if he carried on where he left, left off last week you know he comes and probably catches that first corner and let's face it Peter Check came out and caught those all day um, yeah. and a really frustrating thing and it didn't bother me as much as it did until I saw Chris Kamara pick it up and analyse it properly for the first goal so Wayne Hennessy comes out and two hand pushes Luka Milivojevic in the back and forgets to actually come out and get the ball. Wow. Now, when the ball actually drops, it drops into this sort of back edge of the, the six-yard box and it's headed down past Hennessy because he's got involved for pushing his own defender about. It's it's Go back and watch it if you think I'm being unfair and then try, try to be less angry than I am because it's absolutely unforgivable. That's not, that's not possible, being less angry than you, Chris. Come on, you know that. <laughs> but, you know, there's far more to it. But, uh, you know, the, the, guy, the guy stayed on his line. And for all for, for the other goals, you know, two of them, two of the other goals, he's stuck on his near post. His positioning's poor. He's not reacting. He's not prepared. He's not thinking about the, the phase of play that we're in. He's not thinking about what could happen from the, from the next stage. He's not alive to the danger. And as you've pointed out, Elliot, for the for the fourth goal, which was a fabulous football move and embarrassed us considerably, yeah. you know, the one thing that wasn't great from that Arsenal move was the finish from Lacazette. It was very oh, God, poor. Yeah. Uh, but Hennessy's just let it go right through him. And, you know, I honestly mean this. I'm gutted because I I, I want Wayne Hennessy to play well every week. I do because it means we'll be a better team for it. And I don't want to keep having these conversations, but right now I'm desperate, absolutely desperate for us to sign another goalkeeper. Um, guys, if if you want to comment, you want to correct me, I want to hear it. Um, so I'm going to go round and go round you all. You sound like a disappointed parent. I'm not angry, but I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> just let Wayne Hennessy think about that one more. You just sort of go off and ignore him for a little bit. You know what? And there's a reason for that because he, he was talking to the Croydon ad in a week and he's and he, after a good performance and he's saying, you know, it's really nice here in the Palace fans seeing my name and I know I'm not the favourite and, and, you know, I know a lot of that's got to do with me taking over from, from Julian Spironi and I'm sure that comes into play but we're years down the line now, Wayne, and it's really, it's not that, it's just about you being consistent. Yeah, absolutely. You know? It's inconsistency that's, that's, that's giving him the reputation. And I think you're right. I don't. I, 
I, I like the guy, you know, obviously I want him to play well. We all want him to play well, but it, it's just, it's happened so many times now that, yeah, we need a new goalkeeper, I think. Yeah, Jack, you were, you were quite keen to sort of put across that, you know, you're, well, I don't know, you, you, did you, I don't know if you said you're a fan of his or, you know, that don't quite know how you put it, but you were, you know, you put some, some a, a defence in there the other week. Yeah, well, that, it was after the conversation you you just alluded to in the quite advertiser. Oh, that was I, I spoke to him after the Burnley game, and he sort of you know was opening up, and um, he knows he's not a fan favourite and and all that kind of stuff. And you kind of sit there thinking, yeah, like it, it must like oh, well, because I had that conversation with him, and I've got a degree of sympathy of what he goes through. Yeah, but then and it's just frustrating because he's had such a good game against Burnley. He says he knows he's not a fan favourite. He's got a few few people kind of backing it, and then he goes and. You know, has a performance like this and doesn't command his area and doesn't you know be that presence in the box that goalkeepers should be. And you know, oh, we're just we're just taking one step forward and going about five or six back, and it's you know we've we've taken so many steps back now. This this has to end soon. In his defence, yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The defence were bloody awful. Oh, yeah. We can't say that was the worst defensive 20 minutes I've seen, Palace. And I've seen Palace for 41 years. It was just shockingly bad. Well, we'll we... certainly get, we'll get into the meat of that uh, now. Uh, just a tweet in from Brent, who's, who's talking about Wade. I'm going to edit your tweet, Brent. It just says he's a something awful keeper. So Brent's not a fan. Uh, I just, yeah, look, you know, we, we could talk about it all week, every week, if we're not careful. Well, I think to some degree people might think that we do, but... Uh, it was certainly a disappointment after after the strides that were made last week, and it just seemed to prove what I thought, which was last week. It was all about it was more tactical. Um, I think it's almost as if if you if you give um, if you give him specific instructions, he'll be fine. But I think you know if he has to think for himself, make decisions for himself, he just really does seem to struggle. Or perhaps yeah, we've got that's it. That's the word, Elliot Initiative. A uh, couple of comments in from Facebook. Uh, Gary Jones, Wayne's better than the French dick we had. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Mondander there. Uh, Neil Koska as... Uh, Cedric Bertalan. Cedric Bertalan, yeah. That's, that's going back a bit. Ended up playing pretty well for, for Marseille. Uh, Neil Koska said he's uh, unfortunately a liability and we need a new keeper ASAP. Obviously, it's lots of rumours we were signing... Uh, Vincente uh, Gaeta, but that seems to have gone pretty quiet now. Oh, that was bad that we were properly used. I'm sorry, but we were properly used for that to get him a better deal. That was, I I, just, I kept seeing it and thinking, there's something not right here, there's something not right here. And then when it came out last week, oh, he's actually staying. I was not surprised. 
There you go. But we've still got plenty of, of keeper targets, I believe. Uh, Nick? Yeah, it's just lucky that all this crap's happening during the transfer window and we're not stuck with him for a while. Let's just hope we get someone. Well, yeah, there we go. But it shouldn't ever feel like that. It's, it's an unfortunate set of circumstances. It really is. Uh, thank you for those comments, everyone. And also, thanks for the memory of Cedric Bertrand there, Nick. So. One that will keep me awake tonight, I suspect. Uh, oh, here we go, Musebio. Uh, you guys are haters. I'm not a fan of Hennessy. He was totally let down by his defence. Not his fault yesterday. Musebio, mate, go and look at the first goal. Go look what he does. Yeah. Why is he, he pushing Luca in the back? Why? Why is he doing it? I, I totally get that, and I don't want to be a hater. I don't. I promise you, I really don't. But oh my the defense, god, the defence were awful, though. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Give it proper perspective because it's not all on Wayne at all. No. So right at the start of the game, immediately Arsenal are targeting the right-hand side, getting overload, resulting in a Wobie shot, the shot being tipped over, resulting corner straight on the head of the on-rushing Monreal, who heads it easily in. So many people at fault. So I have, <laughs> to start off, I have questioned the tip over from Hennessy, and I thought, catch that, mate, come on. Uh, but, you know, the gate tip over, he wasn't, he wasn't sure he'd be able to hold it, that can happen. Uh, but comes to the top six yard box, pushes uh, pushes Lika Milivojevic, stops moving. See that uh, Lacazette actually puts a shoulder in on him at the same time as well, but he's just so weak. But James McCarthy oh. losing losing Monreal like that, yeah. And you could see it because McCarthy's reactions, you know, he doesn't look at anyone else and shout at anyone else. He puts his head in his hands and he walks away because he knows what he's done there. It was too, too easy. And Jimmy Mack's been great for us, Nick, but... He, he was that. actually holding Monreal. You can see him pushing him to try and stop him making the run. And then Monreal goes and MacArthur waits two seconds before he goes after him. It, it, yeah. They were just unaware. All of it's, them unaware of what was going on. Yeah, it, yeah, definitely. They were. There was no idea. Absolutely no idea. I've actually written what the hell was Hennessy doing because I didn't see that push on on Luca. And at first glance, or second or third glance, it just looked like he just stood there watching what was going on with his hands out. So yeah, it's incredibly depressing. But again, looking at the MacArthur situation, Nick, you've picked it out great. He's got he's got hold of Monreal trying to stop that rub. But what he does uh, is he, as the ball's kicked, he looks up to see the trajectory of the ball. The second he looks up, that's when Montreal's gone. That's that's when uh, you know that's that's when the, that's when the goal's scored. Basically, it's that little look, that little moment of just seeing, oh, where's this ball coming? And you could kind of forgive it in, in, in a way, but oh, it's. You know, it's a, it's a bigger mistake than you know. Hennessy's been a been a nightmare in there. You know, again, we're getting people defending him. I get it. You know, he's a human being. People will want to always want to defend a human being, one of our players. But seriously, look at it. <laughs> seriously, look at what he's done and understand what we're saying. But you know, the goals is scored. The second MacArthur loses Monreal, and Jack, it's uh, it's three minutes into the game, and you know, it, it's 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 a worry straight away, isn't it? It is, and it's it's well when you're when you're playing Arsenal individually, you all need to have a good game if you're not going to not going to lose that. I think our record against Arsenal in the Premier League is just awful. I think we've taken points from them on two occasions, I think. So, you know, when you play against these teams, you've got to be in your game, and you know, to start off like that is just it's just a real disappointment because you're going to be facing an uphill battle, and you know, mistakes were made, and at this level, they get punished, and unfortunately for for uh, MacArthur is is you know, he's not come off too well on this. 
No, ex exactly right. So we're looking at a couple of minutes later on, and again, Arsenal target that right-hand side. So you're looking at Fossey Mensah's tucking in a bit narrow. MacArthur's sort of not too sure where to cover. Another overload on that side, and you end up with Fossey Mensah. Just a little bit of panic and tries to clear it. and just doesn't do it properly. But what's actually happened in, as he makes that clearance is Wilf has walked off Montreal. So he's with him He's with him at the first phase of play. As the ball, as Vossi Mensah goes to clear the ball, Wilf's just started a little walk-up. He's not alive to the danger. He's not alive to the challenge. So you have Montreal free down the left-hand side. So, But the, the, the players, you know, go into the right sort of position. So Hennessy comes to his near post area, you know, looking to, to stop any kind of a drill into that near post. But the the, the, the defence above him kind of, in front of him gets into a line, but they're all marking a bit of space other than Kelly, who's with Lacazette. Everyone else has got, has got no one, you know. So there's eight Palace players in there, plus a goalkeeper. There's five Arsenal players. Yet the three Arsenal players that aren't Lacazette um, and Montreal have no one marking them. There's no one near them. So Kabay and, and, and Luca start to run back, but they never get goal side. And Awobi has four to five seconds holding his hands out, screaming for the ball before he gets it and taps it in. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you can say about that. You know, so Ke Kelly's done his bit of marking the one forward that's in there. Tompkins standing next to, effectively next to Wade, central in the goal. Looking at what's happening, but doing nothing. Van Arnholt standing just to the left of Tompkins, looking at the onrushing players, doing nothing. And Kabai and Luca are both on, on goal side. I mean, I'm not. I can't, so there you go. I'm, you know, Indigo Steph said we're we're which hunt on Hennessy. I'm not blaming Hennessy for that goal. I could, I could say that he has to do better when the shot comes in, but I won't. <laughs> but I will say is, you know, Nick, you've talked about it being the worst defensive performance. What's that What's that there? Why, you know, could you think of a reason why the, the, are the players more concerned with shape than actually, actually playing the game and, and marking the players? My notes from yesterday say three players could have cut out the ball there. Have they been doped before the game? Because that's the <laughs> only explanation <laughs> I can they think They were so of. static. Because it was rubbish. And I'm being kind. <laughs> It was unacceptably rubbish. Yeah. And if they ever do that again, I'll run on the pitch and put my toe up their ass because oh, that's not how professional mm. footballers should be. They weren't doing their job. They should no. all be fined two weeks' wages for that. So, I mean, Jack, Nonsense. is it, could, could, could we make the excuse that they're a bit shell-shocked about how quickly Arsenal were attacking and playing? Are they, are they struggling or is it... You know, is it this overconfidence we talked about a little, a little bit earlier, or, or is it the drugs that Nick's alleged? What do you think? <laughs> a mixture of all of those, probably. Um, <laughs> your, your your description of how how everyone's lined up was perfect. I was, I was watching the game back earlier. I actually paused it as um, the balls pulled back. You're right. There's two banks of four, but in between the two banks of four is Kelly, Wilshire, and Bellerin all queuing up to, to put this ball into the back of the net. And if you were to take the Arsenal players out of this situation, which which sounds ridiculous to bear with, take the Arsenal players out of a situation, you've got two banks of four lined up in quite a good area in your penalty box, but put the Arsenal players back in and no one's doing their job because no one's getting near to them, yeah. um, which is totally ridiculous to have three players free almost in your six-yard box. So, yeah, it, it, 
you know, they've kept their shape, but it's almost like they've just, they're not engaging brain. They're not really thinking about the situation. They're not, they're not thinking, oh, maybe we should go and mark this player or intercept this ball if they're thinking perhaps they stick to the structure, they stick to our shape. So the long answer, yes, I think that could have been a bit of a shock. And I think all of us watching in the stands are also a bit shocked by it. So, I mean, we've got that shock there. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't know, I get my goals confused now because is it this, was the was the corner? No, it is. It's Kishel. Yes, next, corner. Yeah, next. So we've just seen an absolute carnage. Okay, we've just seen a, 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 an awful situation. Arsenal get a corner. So obviously we're not going to make the same mistakes. And listen, fans of incredulity at home, you're going to really enjoy my performance today because you know I've got two more Arsenal goals to describe, and I'm already absolutely raging. So Arsenal's third goal, pulled <laughs> 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 into the box, Macarthur. He's on Bob Real. He's not going to let him run again. Oh, he's letting him run again. What, what's, Jimmy, what's Jimmy doing marking him? Like we've got we've got four four defenders. I know Jimmy sits in front and he he is hard, but is it is that Jimmy's job? Well, it is. It is clearly in that situation. He's he's been told who to pick up, you know. So, but but I mean, basically, he could do that job better than that, you know. Yeah. It's just the same damn corner routine. It's it's. But the, the worst thing I think about this is you go. It's it's a little bit little bit longer, right? So Hennessy can't come and get that one. Okay, so he's, he's done the right thing. He's not got involved with the defence ahead of him. He's done the right thing. So again, he's gone over to uh, to, to the well his far post this time. Sure, that no shots going to come in from that angle. MacArthur's actually tried to put in a challenge to try and stop the ball coming across. And actually. You know, Bob Rail's mishit it to to to, break, to knock it back, but I tell you, and again, I, you know, this looks like a, a witch hunt on individual players and all this kind of stuff. But you do have to, you do have to watch it because Martin Kelly air kicks. Okay, he has an absolutely fantastic opportunity to clear that ball, and it's just panic. It's just panic sets in when you see a player completely air shot a ball that's just bouncing at a fairly sedate pace. Um, you know, it's it's very frustrating to watch, but and then you know, it's just tapping. It's it's just sort of nudged into the goal, and you suddenly you're three 0 down. Now, this is thirteen minutes into the game. Okay, thirteen what? minutes into the game, and you're just being embarrassed. Why, why is Benteke not clearing that ball off the line? Yeah. Well, I, 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 well, I, I don't, I don't. That's, to be honest, that's the last thing that I have a problem with. Maybe he could. But, but there's so much, there's so so many much that happens before it. And, you know, it's not as if it's not as if Koscielny's hit that from 10 yards and, and everyone has a load of time to react. You know, he's standing pretty much on the goal line and nudging it over. I think it's a bit much to ask. I don't know. If you could ask Ben Seke to get that, you can ask Wade to be in the right position for it. You can ask Kelly to actually kick the ball on the air. You can ask MacArthur to stay with his man because he's already lost him once today. It's, you know, but we're actually, we're 3-0 down to a team that play very nice football. But really, all of us, I think, before the game would have been stunned if someone was going to tell us that was going to happen because it wasn't It wasn't on the cards. That that team that went out there hasn't played like that for, you know, ever. <laughs> um, it's, it's just so distressing to see. But this, the, the, we're now going to get on to the point that really, really upset me. And that's the... <laughs> You're yeah, not I, upset already. I, I have to apologize. <laughs> but we, we still didn't change a thing. Okay, it was... We were getting seriously overrun and we still haven't changed a thing. Yeah, that's pretty and unbelievable. 
you know, and we go we go a massive nine minutes without conceding, <laughs> without having any, any real possession. I actually saw somebody tweet saying, "Ooh, progress! We haven't conceded for five minutes." Looked up from a phone, and we conceded. <laughs> well, at least we've got someone else, someone new to blame for that. Yeah. Who ever said that tweet? So, uh, yeah. uh, now listen, it's it's uh, it's just distressing. It just is so distressing. So let's. Let's talk about Arsenal's fourth and final goal before we can start trying to be a little bit positive about some other stuff. Um, so we had a little spell of watching Arsenal pass the ball around Palace like they weren't there. And it was just a great, great goal. And I think you just sum it up in the, the final three passes, really, where you've got yeah. Wilshere plays it into Ozil, uh, uh, who then back heels it into the feet of Lacazette. And yeah. Again, at, at the risk of being told I'm a Hennessy hater again, Wayne's got to do better with that. He yeah. really has. It's the finish is weak, but the move before it is exquisite. But it's an easy it's an easy move to be exquisite about when the players are just statues. Um, yeah. And again, I think at that point shell shock has set in. I think at that point, you know, we 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 have to praise the players for going, showing a bit of fortitude after that because you, you could you could really fall apart and, and see something get, you know, incredibly incredibly embarrassing from that point on. Uh, the but, way yeah. Arsenal were playing, I almost expected that. I almost, I was always. We were four 0 down after what twenty two minutes, and I was thinking, "Oh Christ, we've got a cricket score going on here." Yeah, it, it could have happened. And, you know, Jack, you were, you know, from your little vantage point on the halfway line. I guess that's was that something you feared at that point that it, it could get really, really bad. Yeah, it was just the way that every time Arsenal came forward or getting got into the Palace half, they. They just got through the lines with just such ease. You're kind of thinking, yeah, there's, there's no resistance to this. There's no, they can't, they can't. Palace can't stop them at the moment, which was, which was hard to watch because Arsenal didn't really have to get out of second or third gear. And they'd scored four goals. You're kind of thinking, well, you know, where, where do we go from here? Um, just on that fourth goal again, the two midfield combined, Milovic just let. Ozil and Wilshere pass through them like they're, you know, cones on a training pitch, and then yeah. Lacazette finishes it. So that back you know, heel was pretty, pretty nice. It's a not yeah. It's, if watching it again, it's a nice goal, but it's not a great one to concede. No. <laughs> yeah, you know, no goal is great to concede, but let's say you sometimes you do have to admire the football, and I do, I do in that goal to a degree. But you know, look, we, we changed it after that. We, we got the extra body in midfield. MacArthur tucked in and the, the front three became, you know, Sacco and, and Zaha out wide with Benteke through the middle. And we actually started creating towards the end of that half. You know, there was a couple of little chances. Sacco had um, that sort of right-footed shot after falling over the ball a little bit, but, um, but got a shot away, could save by check. A few moments later, Zaha gets through and has a, has a shot deflects. And you look at that, you look like a keeper, a keeper like Peter Check. Even with a deflection, he gets fingertips to it and stops it. You know, it's going in without those fingertips. Yeah. You know, and again, this just to explain a little bit about what we've been talking about with Hennessy. You know, I don't blame Wayne Hennessy for not being a, a top Premier League goalkeeper. That isn't his fault. I, I know he goes out and he does his best every week. That's that's never in question. But when you look at, you know, Peter Cech has the same. He's pretty much the same build stature as, as Wayne Hennessy. You know. And you look at Czech all day, he's coming, he's, he's, you know, 35, 36 now, Peter Czech. He's not, he's peak, but he's still coming out, catching everything we put in there. You know, but can't get to the end of crosses. And then when you see him make fingertip saves, that's what we need. 
you need that, you know, at, at the yeah. top level. And, and I'm trying to make it clear that that's the difference that I'm talking about. You know, that's where we are now as a club. And you, and you can't you can't have the fact that you feel sorry for someone mean that you're not allowed to slag them off. <laughs> you know, and I, and I say slag them off because that's what people are saying we're doing. I'm actually, I actually do feel that we're just observing a, a lack of, of ability, unfortunately. To be fair, Chris, it's been pretty relentless, this yeah. programme. This has been the most relentless it's ever been. I think We've, we've gone back we should... onto Hennessy again. Again, Christopher. Because we're getting a lot of, uh, got, getting a lot of comments on it, so I keep feeling the need to address it. <laughs> people clever. think of being unfair. I, I don't. I genuinely don't think there's anything unfair that I've said at all today. At all. No, it's just been relentless. No. We'll blame yeah. Dean Kiley. Take some heat off of Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, attitude, um, setup, performance, yeah. everything, everything's better in the second half, right? I, one so, thing I want, I want to mention is Sacco. Um, obviously, we've it, recently he's been brilliant, but the guy just puts in a shift. He, I, I absolutely recently, I absolutely love him. And you know, from what I've seen yes, uh, yesterday, he worked his his little socks off. Um, and yeah, re- you know, recent. I think he's been absolutely key to our recent form as well. Yeah, so and I'm going to talk about performances a little bit later on. And um, you know, I was actually going to say for, for me, it was one of his weaker games of late. But uh, you're quite right in what you say in terms of the endeavour was there. You know, he's a game runner all, all day and just can continuously put the effort in. But it was a thankless task for a lot of the uh, a lot of the forward players. Yeah. Oh, I finally got a tweet from somebody who agrees with me. It might well be Patrick O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> it still counts. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, I mean, uh, you know, Arsenal were obviously a little bit slower paced and a little bit more relaxed in the second half. So I don't want to overdo it with the praise, but I thought Palace played so much better. Uh, they didn't create a huge amount of Arsenal. There's a couple of good saves from Hennessy, one from Iwobi, uh, after Tomkins' sort of lack of pace was exposed a bit. Um, but the, the key moment for me, and it, it's going to sound weird saying this, because when you start add, adding up these key moments of what could have been in the second half, we could have actually been looking at uh, an interesting finish to the game where, where we were pushing to get a point. And the first moment that, that starts that for me was something that was completely missing from the match of the day highlights, not and shown, but not discussed on goals on Sunday. And it was the clear foul on Wilfred Zaha by El Nani in the mid, in, in, you know, on the edge of the penalty area, inside the area, definite penalty, one hundred percent in my view. What you know? Why why do we have to put up with this huge focus on you know Zaha as a as a diver and a cheat when he isn't? Yeah, yeah, when I denied a clear. I, I work in an office full of Leeds fans, and they, they all know I'm a Palace fan. And the first thing they say to me is about Zaha. He's oh, he he, he does dive a lot, doesn't he? No, no, he doesn't. <laughs> and I, I will defend him forever. And he he gets such a rough deal from opposition fans, from referees. I haven't seen the incident that you're talking about, but I can imagine how it is. Well, the, the thing the thing for me was, was Zahar, and he was getting a lot from the Arsenal fans. It's the way he conducts himself on the football pitch. So 
it's hard because I don't. When he goes down under a tackle, I don't think he dies. However, he's always looking for a foul. It doesn't mean he's diving. He's always looking to be fouled because that's his game. You think of the number of penalties he's won that Palace has scored from. You know, his game is to be tricky, be hard to play against, and then, you know, fouls will get penalties. So that that frustrates opposition fans. That's why they get on his back. But what, yeah. what bothers me is when is when there was a couple of incident, in, in, instances, that's the one, where, you know, he he lost possession in, in in you know, the Arsenal half and he was, like, flapping his arms, like, berating the referees, like, you know, just generally sulking. And, you know, the referees are going to look at that, the opposition fans are going to look at that and say, oh, but, you know, you're looking for something that's not there. That's that's why, that's what I think his problem is. If he can change that, I reckon perceptions will change big time. Oh, actually, I, I, I know what you're saying, but I, I can't agree with it because the trouble... What, what I'm getting at is that, you know, Zaha's a, is a victim of trial by media because, you know, there's a, there's a clear uh, agenda. Because if there wasn't an agenda, they'd highlight this situation and say, look, you know, we had one against Bur- oh, was it Burnley as well. We had, we had a clear clear penalty denied as well. Yeah, that's, be, that's that's Sacco, oh, maybe. Oh, it was Sacco. There was, there was another one as well that Zaha did uh, directly after he'd been allowed to try the media. I can't remember what game it was. But anyway, it's... You know, you'd, you'd get you'd get even treatment, but there's nothing even about it. You know, matches they it's it's the game, the you know the first game on there, and they they choose not to show it. And you know, I don't know, Nick, go on, help me out here. The the, the commentator Matt Holland and uh, our friend Mr. Curley um, actually tweeted him. Uh, Zaha was fouled. And Matt Holland straight away said, well, he's got a reputation for diving and the refs are picking up on that. And he didn't say anything after the replay. He said, oh, well, I was wrong then. And actually, every time, they are wrong. He is tripped. And um, what you said earlier about him playing for the penalties, I genuinely don't think he does. I genuinely think he wants to get that ball yeah, into I the agree. area and get it across. I don't think he's playing for penalties. No. What I, you, I don't think it's a bad thing to play for penalties. No, I'm not saying it is, but well, I know what Jack means. He, you know, he's very he, he's demonstrative. You know, he he he, he asks the question, but you know, you, you would if you get kicked up and down the pitch every week, you would ask the question. I think, wouldn't you? But uh, look, there we go. We had a so for me that was a that was that should have been a penalty. That should have been us. You know, a goal back at that point. And it's not that long afterwards that Benteke is put in the clear. Oh, God. Uh, you know. And this is yeah. this is what we got with Christian Benteke at the moment, a no. confident Christian Benteke probably drills that across the keeper bottom corner, but he takes that extra touch, gets it on target, but just hits uh, check in the chest, and, and that's, that's another chance gone. And yet again, Jack, we're looking at you know a, a thirty million pound striker earning big wages, which is why so many people are, are, are incredibly critical of him at the moment. Yeah, the the chance he had. Just as he missed it, it took me back to Stamford Bridge when he gets the ball one on one, does a little dummy, Courtois on the floor, and he just dinks it over the top of him with sheer arrogance. It was wonderful. Um, this was the exact opposite, wasn't it? You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't love it. I think everyone would say a confident Benteke scores it, but it's just it's frustrating. He's not going to get a better chance. He takes a nice touch, sets himself, and hits it out straight straight at check, straight at him. Check made a very comfortable save. It shouldn't have been. It's frustrating. Yeah, it's frustrating. When you see the uh, the videos that the Palace TV are putting out in the week, they put a, they put one of everyone finishing. And you watch what Benteke can actually do in training. 
you know, you just, uh, it's a very, very, very difficult thing to watch. And, you know, I think whilst I am a, a big Benteke fan, and I think people are really sticking the boot in and ignoring his overall performance as being pretty good, uh, the fact that he's just not producing in front of goal, uh, I would go along with those who, who you know, if you, if you had options on the bench or you had options in reserve to, to come in and push him, you know, right now he'd be dropped. Right now he'd be he'd be on the bench, and uh, you know there'd be someone else having a, having a proper go. So that's something long, we've got. I long to know. for Connor Wickham. I long for Connor Wickham. I think Connor Wickham longs for Connor Wickham as well. But I'm not <laughs> sure how long it's going to be until he gets back. Go on, Nick. Um, a good Arsenal friend of mine, Matt Jones at Minuteman Matt on Twitter, has said, "Poor Benteke, he looks shot." He watched him, he went unchallenged, he missed a kick out from the keeper, just airheaded it, and he looked thoroughly out of sorts. I agree with him, but he he is doing good stuff in the same way that Schmack used to. And I love Schmack, and he didn't score many goals. But, no, but I think it's worse. Just, it's just such a de- departure from Benteke last season, who did score a lot of goals. You know, he had a lead spell last year, but... You know, you gave him chances and he put them away. It was the when he wasn't getting chances, obviously, then he, he got a kind of frustrated figure. And he, and he is, you know, he is very susceptible to to, to, to low confidence. And it's it's tough to watch at the moment. It really is. You know, as much as I mean, I, I you know, I hold my hands up. I get really angry with people who, who attack his ability because I don't think it's anything about ability. No, I don't think that could ever be in question. But players do lose it. And, the longer it goes on, you wonder if they're ever going to get it back, you know. And, and you've, you've seen players in the past. He's only twenty-seven, you know what I mean. But he yeah. should be—he should be at his peak, right? He should be at his absolute peak right now. But there are plenty of players who've who've been up to the level that he's reached and just dropped off and, and never got back. And you just hope that he's not going to be one of those. You know, Especially think, that money. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But one thing he's got to get—we've got to get in there—is competition for places. You know, enough to push him, enough to to take him out of the team when he's struggling and get just get another body in there to do something and not a converted winger as much as done a good job. That's not that's not what we need right now. Maybe look, we should know, um, let him take the next penalty, boost his confidence. <laughs> very, very amusing, Nicholas. Very, very amusing. <laughs> um, Maybe we could get so, Cenk Tossin in. Oh, wait. Yeah, 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 I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> So anyway, look, it's, it's worth noting we did get a consolation goal. My point is that if we'd if Benteke puts that one away and we get our penalty, potentially this consolation ends up being making it four three and it's game on. But it's a great little but, finish, isn't it? Great little it, chest down. Great it really is turn. a good jump from Benteke, wasn't it? Gets up there, little header to the side, uh, <laughs> gets back in the box, but uh, no messing around from Lucas. Swivels on the volley. Ruins checks clean sheet, keeps him on one nine nine as a two hundred, which I'm quite happy about. <laughs> people breaking records against us so that was good to see and uh, you know we played out the game and got away with one a little bit later on with Tompkins absolutely smashing Lacazette in the box no no foul given when it was a clear penalty but full time and you know what we won the second half fortunately you don't get points for that but we did um, <laughs> second half we won the last 58 minutes 1-0 you're quite right <laughs> we won more right. of the game than them what, one, one, what, another downer though is we lost Kabay yes yes we did so, what, how long, how bad is that going to be? I don't think there's been any comment yet, but obviously he looked to be really struggling. Um, I think when he first went sort of went, went down after the challenge, you kind of thought there wasn't too much in it, but I think he realised he'd done something quite bad, and then obviously the stretcher comes in. 
that's another it's another player out, you know. Yeah. So that is it's, a it's, serious it's, amount of talent that we've got out at the moment. Kabai, Loftus Cheek, Townsend, Dan, Sacco. Uh, Mikey's put in chat that he thinks it's only a twisted ankle and he'll be back soon. So that is oh, that's, that's nice. producer Mikey said that. So if it's not true, hunt him down. Well, he well Kabai left the Emirates wearing a protective boot and on crutches. Um, I think Roy said he suspects it's an ankle problem. So, I mean, at the moment, we're not too sure how long it could be out. I think the, the worst could be up to six weeks. But I think, you know, fingers crossed with, with some checks this week at um, the training ground, he should should be back sooner than that. And, you know, if we can have a fully fit goodbye, it, it makes the team so much better. I don't think he was fully fit um, the last couple of weeks. You know, he's still got shades of that injury he had previously. Um, but it's just now important just to get our players back and not to rush them back because we can't have repeats of this injury crisis. It's just unfortunate that he was almost forced to play. I mean, I don't. you alluded at the beginning why Riedewald didn't play, but I almost wish that Kabaye got injured earlier in the game because he, I thought it was pretty ineffectual whole game. And he was playing when he shouldn't have been. Well, maybe, maybe. But like I say, I, I think it's more about you know the tactics. I think... If you look at how much Lucas struggled in the first half to to have any kind of an influence on the game in any any way, uh, up until the point where they they made it midfield three. For me, you know, that, that game was lost as, as soon as we lined up the way we did. Uh, unfortunate, all right, unfortunate, but you know, this is, this is it because Hodgson's tactics have been pretty spot on. Oh yeah, but you know, we're, everyone's you know we're everyone's human being. They make mistakes. Arsenal. Mm. Arsenal did their homework properly. They worked their set pieces out properly. Uh, they knew where to hit us. And, and they did a really good job of it. And, you know, sometimes you just got to take that and, and move on. Um, there you go. Mikey's just provided a, uh, an, a, I think it's an Instagram from Johan. It says, uh, hard one to take today. Switching his ankle hopefully won't be too long. Thank you for your support as usual. So good stuff there. Cheers, Mikey, for that information. Cool. Uh, so just just the last little bit to round off. Most of the contact we've had today has been defending Hennessy and slagging us off for slagging him off. So sorry, <laughs> sorry everyone. Sorry, same <laughs> as it ever was. Yeah. I get it. I get it. People, I always hate I hate it when people have a you know a whipping point. They blame every week, and I can see the parallels with Ben Teke, who I defend most weeks, and other people do this now. But I wish we did have a a need to kind of uh, pick on a certain player, but. You know, I think I've said why that is for me. And like I say, I repeat, I don't think we've said anything unreasonable tonight, but you're welcome to disagree as much as you like. Um, so, guys, are we talking a blip here? Is this performance a blip? Um, yes. Or are you worried that the, uh, the confidence might take a knock and we might struggle a little bit in the games we've got coming up? I'll start with you, Elliot, since you're the guest. Um, I think we've faced adversity most of this season. And we've come through it. I think uh, we've got West Ham next, haven't we? Yes. Um, I think their players will will want to make up for this. I I think will will I think we'll beat West Ham if not get if not get a Desmond. I think we'll uh, I think we'll beat them. And I think this is just a blip. Oh, blip from Elliot Jack. What are you thinking? Blip. That's two defeats in twelve. I think thirteen. Thirteen. And they've two those two defeats have come against Arsenal. Roy's working wonders, and we'll get back to winning ways against West Ham. I'm sure of it. Nick, are you still confident? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, 
it, it, it is a blip. I just hope Roy's tactics haven't been found out a little bit. Let's just hope he can mix it up with what he's doing. But I, I do trust that he's the best man for the job. And we've got, what is it, 10 days till the win, till the best uh, Homestale radio show of the year, is it? Oh, yeah, by far, uh, the transfer window show. <laughs> Yay! And um, I just hope we can get people in before the West Ham game, particularly if those uh, players haven't come back from injury, because as um, Elliot said earlier, we don't want people coming back too soon, because yeah, sure break no, a bit more. I think, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there, really. It's, it's, we've got to get a couple of players in. We've got a bit of a bit of a break, nine days till we play West Ham. Um, Massively important game on a Tuesday night down there at the London Stadium. Got to got to get something out of that, I think. Um, and obviously Newcastle uh, and Everton after that. Before we got a really tough run playing Spurs, Man United, and Chelsea. Consecutive uh, games. So you know, listen, it's this is why overconfidence can be a dangerous thing. And if we did get that little bit of overconfidence going into the Arsenal game, maybe it was a good time to get a reminder that we. Uh, You've got to do more than just turn up and play a game of football. You've really got to be at it. You've really got to be focused. You've really got to be 100% every second of every game. And, uh, yeah. Fingers crossed. This it was Premier just League. Yeah, exactly. I'd, I'd, I'd rather we have um, four cock-ups in one game like that than one cock-up over in each of four games, if that makes sense. And lose Is that, isn't that what Lucas said, didn't he? He said, I'd rather lose 4-1 in one match than lose four matches 1-0. Yeah. Well, he might you know, said it. Not quite, sure, not quite sure if it works like that, but um, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. It's guaranteed the next four games then. Nice. Yeah. 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 But the logic goes out the window when you think about football, though, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It certainly does. Anyway, thank you to everyone who's listened and contributed tonight. Uh, much appreciated. If you want to get in contact with us during the week, you can still do so on all the usual things on slash contact. Uh, there will, of course, be a preview show. In... No, there won't be a preview show midweek, will there? Games on Tuesday, so we'll see. A week. There might be one. Um, <laughs> obviously, there won't be a review show until the following week. Uh, my thanks to Elliot uh, for joining us as a special guest. No Cheers, Elliot. Thank, uh, thank you. you. Yeah, I just um, I just want to say thanks for having me on. Hopefully, the, uh, the message got across. And uh, I've been speaking to um, CPFC Minnesota online, and I just want to say, uh, come on, you Vikings, tonight for the uh, NFC Championship in the NFL as well. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. Uh, I promised I'd say that as well. <laughs> I have no idea of anything what you just said. <laughs> He'll know. <laughs> That's the main thing. Thanks to Jack and to Nick for joining me, to Mikey for producing, and we'll speak to you again soon. Bye now. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.